Welcome back uh, to another episode of the All Time Podcast. It has been a very, very long time. I don't. Do you remember the last time we we recorded? I really don't. It was the week after J Cole dropped. We did our review. That was May. You'd know best. Yeah, I think it would be in May. Yeah, yeah, it was in May. That was the last time. Wow. Okay. Or did we record after my place? Or was that the week before? I forget. No, no. The, the the last one I could see on Instagram, the last one was J. Cole, which is a really, really long time. Uh, so how you been? What's up? What's up with you? Uh, I finally feel good doing this again. Is yeah, it's been a while. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I needed a break from this. Um, I wasn't finding it fun anymore. There was nothing for me to really talk about. And uh, to be honest, I just found it a little tedious to be doing everything we do for this and, and finding topics to talk about. It feels like a job, huh? Yeah, it does. It does. People do it a lot better than we do. That's for sure. But, um, I'm happy to, I'm happy to be back at doing it. We spoke, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about getting back to this and, uh, I think it's about time we do it. Yeah, just I find like in music, like I just generally this year has been very slow. There, it hasn't been super impressive, like stories and like it's very. We're kind of living the same life we were living the year before, and it's all around the same topic. Pretty much, and music isn't really standing out. Just it hasn't been. It, it hasn't been. Um. I hope I hope this episode is still somewhat relevant to people who are listening. It's going to be our take on, I guess, a lot of things that happened since we last recorded. Um, and we're going to end the episode, the second half of the episode, with a Donda review because that finally came out. So that's how long we've been we we've been absent long enough for him to tease the album and <laughs> actually put it out. So it's been a while. Uh, but yeah. Let's. Uh, I think we can get into it. Uh, I'm excited to be back. Let's hope our fans are still with us. Our fans. Not, oh, big word. Well, fans, people that like us. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a popular guy. I've been asked many times by certain people when are you guys coming out with a new episode. Yeah, people have won. People. Have, I mean, our our usual listeners have been asking us what's up. Well, our, what our three four fans? It's our cool. I still have fans. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's yeah. nice that you guys check in and, and want to hear us on a weekly basis. It's super cool. And um, sorry that we've been away for so long, I guess. Are you still buying CDs? Uh, so interestingly enough, I hadn't in all the time that we stopped recording. And last week I had a little splurge again. Nothing intense, but it, it felt good. It felt good again <laughs> for the yeah. first time in a while. It's it's crazy because you haven't been really talking about buying stuff, and then last week you you bought like what six albums, something like that, maybe a bit yeah. more, but yeah, something like that. It's it's still annoying how the it's a very slow year in music, and I've been just spending more money than I spent last year on CDs. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's get into it, but first we're gonna play them uh, the intro song because they haven't heard it in a while. <laughs> Go. music again buying all this um before we get into what we've bought or what we've been listening to that isn't new stuff because i know we both had little discussions here and here and there about uh phases that we had musically we wanted to do a top five of the year so far episode before we kind of decided we needed a break again from this yeah so very quickly top five albums of 2021 so far for you um i'm i'm going from five to one i'm gonna you, give you, it you put them in order okay go yeah mine are in order you you don't have them in order i didn't put them in order okay so i'm just gonna go at the top of my head with them so uh i'm gonna go with uh ransom and big ghost rancid <laughs> no but ransom by rancid by the way is actually back on tour with dropkick murphy's that's right 
and they're not coming here, which sucks because we would we would definitely go to that show. Uh, you would stop giving me that look. Uh, so yeah, so so ransom and big ghost, heavy is the head. Uh, Rome Streets and DJ Muggs, Death and the Magician. You've heard me talk about it on the show uh, constantly. Uh, Riggs, Wake Ups. He actually had a really cool, uh, like he, he, he put out a CD and it comes with a, because the cover is like, you know, LeBron James when he throws the thing in the air, the dust in the air, and it comes with a, a card, a collectible card. Yeah which was super cool. Uh, Conway the Machine and Big Ghost, If It Bleeds, It Can Be Killed. Okay. And Boldy James and the Alchemist, Bo Jackson. That's five? That's five. Uh, my five this year, nothing impressive really. Uh, and typically around this time of year, I'd usually have some like uh, new discoveries or things of that type of bands I didn't know of or whatever that um, surprised me uh, this year I think maybe with everything going on I just needed it, it's it's a new albums oh, I mean it's best of 2021 so always new albums but familiar artists artists I didn't think I would be enjoying their new albums this much but I have been so uh, in no order I'll go alphabetical uh, Dinosaur Jr. Sweep It Into Space Mm-hmm. Just pretty much the same recipe again. Ice Age, Seek Shelter. Uh, maybe a bit more dialed back. I, w- I don't want to use the word pop, but it's less... Uh, it's less... Vis- yeah, it's less punk. It's less visceral. It's more... Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, Modest Mouse, First Listen. The Golden Casket, I didn't like. Um, it grew on me. It's a it's one of those albums that doesn't have standout tracks, but as a full album works pretty well. And I tend to want to listen to it pretty often. But again, you know how I feel about Modest Mouse. Their last album was their worst album, and it was in my top five that year. Jesus. So okay. Probably not anymore, but you know how I feel about them. Yeah. Uh Saint Vincent, Daddy's Home. It's more of a glam rock. It reminds me very much of like 70s Lou Reed, New York City type of thing. That's the kind of vibe that we're working with there. And the last album, I broke the alphabetical order just because I want to say that this this was a discovery for me, a rare, a rare discovery this year that I had by watching their music video and forgetting who they were and then seeing the album cover and being like, this is interesting. And then realizing oh that's the band from the music video i liked a few months back and it's a band called squid from the uk uh bright green field is the album um it reminds me a lot of like that 70s those kind of proto-punk albums post-punk albums like gang of fours entertainment televisions marquee moon the talking heads catalog it's that kind of vibe but very modernized uh indie there's ambient moments and it's fucking great Really that's the one record. that's the one you told Johnny about. Yeah, that's right. Before we get into albums coming out that I'm looking forward to, because we, we had a couple of big albums that came out. Well, I'm gonna say on the hip hop side for sure. Uh Tyler the Creator dropped uh his album. Uh Call I think Me ob- If You Get Yeah. Yeah, Call Me If You Get Lost. And objectively speaking, I think that's the best album of the year so far. I just don't wanna put it in my top five because i didn't listen to it enough mm-hmm. but when i heard it i was like oh yes musically i definitely see what how this is one of the best albums this year and probably maybe his best album uh it's it's it, i still really love wolf but yes it's probably one of his best for sure okay i i just love i i i love what he did we're going to get dj drama and using him as like they did in the past with the mixtapes yeah, which which I find is super cool, and him being a fan of that whole era of the early two thousands, uh, which which was good, and and I think he's on point rapping as well on this. He was, he really was. Yeah, like it's a lot of storytelling, and like you know, just 
trying to not trying to be but being that rapper of that period of time yeah but he's also evolved right like he's not like immature he's a mature Tyler the creator like he knows how to make music now he he has an ear for the quality of music that he's putting out you spoke about uh, being on point rapping uh my favorite current rapper Vince Staples self-titled album came out as well nice short album it wasn't met with great reviews uh it's right on the outside of my top five actually I I recognize that it's not his best work Mm mm-hmm but uh, I also think it's it it really kind of flew under the radar. Like it was flushed out really quick. People are already trying to get push it to the side, you know. And it was a great record, great short body of work. I I had trouble with it because I'm I was so used to look. I had trouble with it because I was so used to like rapping Vince Staples and always pushing the boundaries. With, with with his albums and then I got to this one it was very melodic and very like slow pace and then okay. I saw him I saw him in a in an interview was it an, I see him in an interview I I read him saying somebody said why are you making why is it so slow your album and he's like because that's the mood I'm in right now and then it clicked to me where it was okay Vince Staples again is pushing the boundaries and being different of what he did in the past so right. I kind of understand the album more and enjoy it more it's not anywhere in my top 10 uh maybe not even my top 15 but i enjoy it i'm enjoying it yeah um was there any other rap you wanted to mention uh nothing really like i'm very in the i'm i'm kind of like steven 2009 10 11 right now like i'm just listening to a lot of like the underground hip-hop stuff yeah uh like like the artists that are coming up we're going to talk about later on of the the right. path I went down for a couple of weeks. Uh, but there's nothing I'm, I'm just seeing what Not comes really. out. And well, there was, there was a uh, West side gun Hitler where it's as eight, which I really enjoyed and rock Marciano and uh, flea Lord that came out, but it's nothing really to spend a lot of time on about. So uh, in the rock world, there was a big red machine which is Justin Vernon and Alan Dessner of The National. Uh, Since these guys worked on Taylor Swift, with Taylor Swift, rather, on her albums, uh, she's on this album. Uh, Robin Pecknold of Fleet Foxes is on this album. Um, Anyways, it's a kind of a big project album, not something that I see them touring or anything, but Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going into details to say I didn't really like it. (laughs) I I found it. Oh, really? No, I think... um, I think now I, I'm not typically the type of guy that cares whether you're mainstream or not, or if you become too popular or, or whatever. Like Bonnie Vare was popular from the from the beginning, uh, so I'm not complaining about that. But I just find this project doesn't deliver. Aside from Drake coming out next week, September third, that I'm interested in hearing, uh, James Blake, Friends That Break Your Heart, September tenth. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, in October, uh, in October, I got a lot of interesting things. Well, a couple here. Uh, I'm interested in the Young Thug Punk album. I want to see what he considers yeah. punk, right? But there is two videos up of remakes of two of his songs. Yeah, no, I want to hear this. I I want to hear what he's gonna do in terms okay. of his idea of punk. And then, in terms of actual punk, Parquet Courts, Sympathy for Life, October twenty second. Oh wow. War on Drugs, I Don't Live Here Anymore, October 29th, November 12th. Like n- After this, now I have things that I'm intrigued to hear. Uh, Courtney Barnett, Things Take Time, Take Time, November 12th. And uh, Damon Albarn has an album on uh, November 12th as well. Wow, okay. That's a big, that's a big month. Mm, it's a big push to the end of the year, I think. Yeah. And there'll be more announced and whatever. So I'm excited. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking as we go of like what came out. I don't ha- nothing jumps out at me. Like Halsey, what's that girl's name? Halsey. Halsey put out a record. Yeah. Yeah. It seems which, like it wasn't too bad. It seems like it may have been her best one. People say. That's the one where it's Game of Thrones where they're tit hanging out with their kid. Yeah. Okay, that's the one that uh, Pitchfork reviewed. 
I mean, I guess a bunch of people reviewed it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, did you hear it? Are you a fan? Not. Uh, not. I'm not interested. I know Trent Reznor produced it, but I'm not interested. Okay. We'll see what comes out. I'm. Uh, I'm excited to see how the the end of the end of the cycle, like September, October, November, is really when albums do come out, right? Like the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, typically gets a little more busy. Yeah. I have to ask you a serious question because I've been busting your balls about this album for the last maybe two, three weeks. Did you listen to the Bo Jackson or no? Alchemist and Boldy James? No, I didn't. Man, I got to say, and I've been wanting to go on and say it on Instagram and just make it like, you know, those big posts where I just fucking lose my mind. But Alchemist is the best producer. Like he's the best producer in hip hop history. Like I... This guy can make any style of music, man. Just a look at what he did with Arm and Hammer. Uh, that you enjoyed, right? Yeah, that was good too. Yeah. I did and like that. That hit was super like weird and like out there and like spacey type beats to just making a different sounding album with Boldy James and just being like more like darker hip hop, but like that boom bap sound. I don't know. This guy's production is just he could tap into any style of hip-hop production and just how he samples and the yeah. key samples he uses for his music is just he's another guy that i would just listen to his instrumentals because there's a there's a whole story in his production so what uh what have you been listening to though that wasn't new releases and let's make this quick let's not get into like anything too deep so for about a three weeks to a month and and you know what's still now uh i've been listening to a lot of hip-hop from the 2000s yeah like any anywhere 2000 end of 99 2000 till about 2010 mm-hmm. um, and i started to get back into those years because of the locks dipset verses yeah. that they did mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out which era of hip-hop i like the most but I found that the 2000s was super fun. It started to become more of like club-ish music, but more high-sounding, higher, how do I say, not higher standards, but the music was more... The production like it, was more polished. It became Exactly. More, uh, yeah. You know, like there was more to the sound of it. People took chances. People took yes. chances in changing the, the tonal aesthetic to hip-hop i guess but like some of the biggest producers producers came out like pharrell just blaze the kanye west uh like i like i went back and listened to all the rockefeller albums from the early 2000s all the the locks albums from the early 2000s i even went and listened to a couple of ghostface albums the dipset albums like i just went to have fun with early 2000s music and it was just like that it just made me realize that you could when you go back you you have so much fun with these albums that yeah. grew on you a certain way and made you feel a certain way and they live up like i went back and listened to carter two carter three uh little wayne and birdman I'm happy, I'm happy you're mentioning that though like i went back and listened exactly. to that and i was just like i was just like fuck this is fun like it was so like not fruitful but like it like like a, another light turned on you yeah. know what i mean and and when you were talking just now about the 2000s hip-hop for some reason the first producer that came to mind which wasn't even like a producer from the 2000s but prior was manny fresh the 2000s was also an interesting era to see how old producers switched up like how they kept up with the transition of of beat production into the 2000s and Manny Fresh came to mind right away because of his work with with Jeezy and Timbaland comes to mind a lot too and that's one of the hip-hop albums I've been really soaking in and I told you I'm like man if we had to go back and do our season one again Missy Elliott's Super Duper Fly I'm gonna put that on my uh to listen Uh, to tomorrow man it's it's like how did like why did we miss that it's like we were too ups- we were we were trying to put too much on that list when we only gave ourselves a 100 and 
we dropped the ball on that because that album and Timbaland's production on that is it's pretty much if you had to take one album that Timbaland worked on and never listen to anything else it's that one that's uh that's 97 yeah 97 yeah but I just wow. thought of it because you were saying the producers that tra- that 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 uh, kind of exploded in the 2000s. Timberland took off in the 2000s more than. Oh yes, but his work with uh, Justin Timberlake. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like Future Sex Love Sounds was all Timberland. Yeah. Well, 99.9 percent. That sound, how he flipped it and did hip hop into. R&B, like he did soul, he did so much with that sound and it just it resonated throughout the years uh, differently. Yeah, yeah it, for it, sure. It, 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 keeps it, it keeps it different. Uh, under Construction, by the way, sorry, I, I like I'm looking at her, her album titles. Under yeah, Construction. that's also, uh, yeah, Missy So Addictive. Um, uh, under Construction is the one I own. That's the one with uh, there's uh, Jay Z on it, and yeah, I work uh, it uh, right. That's yeah. a big one. I, I know it from the album cover, not the not the, not so much the uh, the track list. And also the uh, so addictive because mm-hmm. Method Man and Red Man is on there. Ludacris. Those were the three big Missy albums: Super Duper Fly, Missy So Addictive, and Under Construction. Yeah. So. So this was, it, it was a fun time to go back and, you know, like just relive all those, all those albums and stuff like that to a certain extent where we'll probably talk about this later on down the line in different episodes, but like just different style of music too. I was like, like I opened up a box of CDs and I had all my rancid in there. I had all my corn CDs, <laughs> like, you know, like just that era of music and how it still resonates with us uh, across the board. And you did that too, no? With a certain year in music, the 60s or the 70s, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Well, this was a while ago. We were on, we were working on, I think, the second season and I was just going through decades and really like diving into like deeper albums, things that you don't necessarily think of firsthand when you think of the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know? Yeah, but it's like when you when not, when music is not coming out, you tend to something makes you go back yeah. and relive uh, certain albums. And oh, I forgot about this album. Wow, this album still sounds fresh, like it just came out. And, and you know what? I actually I didn't tell you this, but I did like a top three like best club songs of all time. Huh. And it's crazy how Little Win is in probably two of those three songs. Makes sense. So it, it just it's cool and it just it bring, it it wants me to go back to that time of just being able to enjoy the music the way we did and I don't know it's just it, it was it was just super fun. So a lot has been going on in the news. Oh, you last... ask me what I've been listening to? Fuck. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you're fuck, fucking my, terrible my... with that man. You suck for that. <laughs> you, fuck. You want you want to you, you want me to talk about doing what... the cover? The head. <laughs> fuck that. Let's go. What's what's in the news? No, go. No, no, no. Let's go. Okay. So what? Have no, no, no. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Keep the rap going. Go. No, no. Forget about the rap. What have you been listening to for real? This week, particularly, was preparing for the review. So okay, I guess we keep the rap going for that. But um, we'll talk about it a bit later, but Stones. Yes. Going through that catalog right now. So that's that's been my uh, my trip. And fuck, man. It's one of those things like when people talk Beatles or Stones, it's such a like, it's such a garbage comparison because. Yeah, you can't compare. They're, they're, you can't compare and they're both fucking great. But I was listening to the Stones this week and I'm like, oh, this week it's, it's Stones. You know, their catalog is so deep and has so much change. And yeah, it's it's good, man. There's so much good stuff in there. Can we agree with something and how long-lasting the Stones have been with putting out music and continuing the flow of their careers? If you think of this, like if you take the 10 best Stones album. You're saying 10, huh? I'm saying 10. Yeah, I'm saying 10. Their 19th studio album would probably be at the bottom of that list. Tattoo You. Mm -hmm. Number 10 or maybe number 9, depending how much you actually like that album. 
they have so much catalog. Not all of it is good. There are very skippable albums, especially after Tattoo You. That's probably their last good album. But man, like from before that, which they're actually releasing a 40th anniversary for that this year, but there's just so many albums that are underrated. And those are the ones that I've been trying to listen to more like Goat Said Soup or uh, fucking Between the Buttons, or that, which is before they were more rock, you know, when they were still kind of preppy in suits and stuff. There's so much content and it changes so much through time that like they always have their kind of signature sound. You know, it's the stones. Well, yeah, man, look at the longevity of those guys. Those were the, those are the real rock stars. When, when you look up rock star in a dictionary, you talk about somebody about who are the real rock stars. Rolling stones are at the top of that fucking list. Well, we'll talk more about them later. For sure. But you, so, been, you told me a couple of weeks ago you were listening to something else that you went back and listened to. You had a phase. You were having a phase. I kept texting you. What are you listening to? Oh, there's nothing coming out for me. What are you listening to? Oh, there's nothing. So you did Stones this week. Yeah, Can this you give week me a, is Stones, and, and it's going to be for maybe next week, the week after, too. Can you give me a top three Stones albums right now for you? Oh, Sticky Fingers 1, Exile on Main Street 2. Let it bleed. Uh, let it bleed. Yeah, I let it bleed three. Okay, so you, so you have the same ones as Mark. In that order? Uh, no, I think his first is Let It Bleed. Really? I let think. It, let, let it Let it bleed. The, the 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 popular first is Exile on Main Street. I just find Sticky Fingers has this. It's short. It's one of my favorite. First of all, it's one of my favorite guitar rock albums of all time. Just the way Taylor and Richards go back and forth on that album is. Oh, man, I, I yeah, I I can't even talk about it. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I've been wanting to listen to something different when there's nothing to listen to, and I think I'm gonna go to the Stones a uh, couple of their albums. Start with uh, the Missy Elliott album, please. Yes, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna fucking like it. But I remember, you know what? When me and my wife started dating, and before we were living together, and she was still living at her parents. She had three Missy Elliott albums, and we used to listen to them in the car when her mom would drive us or her dad would drive us around. Really? Yeah, it was the, the blue one, so addictive. Yeah. Super duper something. And the the one with the briefcase. The three best ones that we mentioned before. Okay. That we would listen to. She actually has the Adidas uh, Missy Elliott shoes. Yeah, my wife had the tracksuit. That's amazing. But that's crazy because like I would have never thought your wife cared for Missy Elliott. That this is this is how big of an icon she was to women growing up in that period that we completely missed out on that because we because were listening to fucking young Jeezy and game. But she wasn't the typical sex appeal artist. And she had bars. Fucking yeah, and she had she knew how to rap. She was the female Buster Rhymes or the female Red Man. Well said. Right? So I don't Wait. know why the hell you don't have the CDs that your wife had within uh, your towers or whatever. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I guess I'm going to have to go listen to it and then you're going to, I'm going to have to buy them if I'm really enjoying them. If, 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 if she raps like those two, I, I don't understand why I don't have them, right? Go back to the album. We could talk about it in the opening segment of next week. Okay, cool. Because next wow. week is pretty much a hip-hop episode. Maybe it's worth mentioning right now, next week's episode is a Blueprint 20 Drake Certified Lover Boy review episode. Half and half again. Yes, because Drake is coming out with his album. Right. So, okay, let's get through the news because we, 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 uh, we missed a few things while we were away. Um, we'll start off with the... Let's start off with the baby. Yeah. Let's like, like, let's, I mean, people know what he did. He made homophobic remarks at uh, Rolling Loud. Yeah. Right? Anyway, and, yeah. And then he apologized. He took his apology back. He's ultimately being canceled, but not quite. Like there's a bit of salvaging going on somewhere because festivals are still trying to, and artists are still trying to get him to kind of. He, he, they kicked them off. They kicked them off uh, a bunch of, I think, Lollapalooza. Yeah, yeah all, the, kicked- all the, all the, all those festivals kicked them off. Yes, 
the mainstream festivals played it safe and kicked him off. But then Boozy brought him on his festival. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to go to a Boozy Badass festival. Right, right. Okay. But, but, but uh, there, there's also like now recently this week, um, he he had uh, he had meetings with organizations uh, and in which he apologized directly to people and, and had a good conversation with people. So he made those comments because he was uneducated and he didn't understand what was going on in the world. Well, well we could talk about why he made those comments. Uh, arrogance, number one. Yes. Uh, I don't think there's anything else but that. But I also find that the remarks are very like, when I saw him make the remarks, I was just like, ah, why? <laughs> like, yeah. what have you missed in the last like two years, three years of, of being a celebrity? What in your right mind told you that you were doing the right thing? If, if it was 10 years ago and you made that remark, I think it would have just been passed. It's like it's 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 a very weird thing to do in this climate, and well, yeah, right now everything is being everything is being looked at with a microscope as well. No matter who you are, and, yeah, and but like I don't know. Look, I don't condone what he said. It's not my style to talk like that about people. Uh, and just and just why? <laughs> I, I you you're lucky to be where you are as a rapper. You you you're on the rise, man. You're demanded. People want you like he's on pop remixes. It's like it's it's his time. What the fuck are you thinking? I started liking a couple of those songs. To be honest with you, the it's, baby it's songs. It. He was starting to kind of grow on like, me and be like, I even said it. Remember, I said if this yes, one guy yes, that I yes. find yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I just I don't get it. And like I said, I don't condone what he said. It's not intelligent. It's arrogant. It's not my style. But even before that, it's just like why? What's the What's the what's the motive behind this? How how do you think you're getting out of this? Uh, something else big happened, and this is going back to music from back in the day. 1991. Uh, 1991. We have an episode the... coming up on this. We, we should probably be plugging in those episodes now that we've been away for a while. Yes, we have the biggest day in music history episode coming out yeah. in a couple of uh, weeks, months. In two, three weeks, yes. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. So Nirvana, uh, I, never mind. We're talking about 91. Yeah. Uh, the cover boy that you know as the Naked Baby. Can we say that it's probably one of the biggest album covers all time? I think it's the most, well, yeah, easily top five most iconic album covers of all time, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is suing Nirvana <laughs> for... I got to laugh. I'm sorry. It's fucking ridiculous. It's really funny because he's suing them saying like, I don't even have a problem with you guys. It's just like my whole life was changed off this and I didn't make enough money off it. <laughs> That's pretty so he's, he's pretty he's, much suing them saying like, you guys are cool, but like this messed up my life. They're cool. They don't make any music anymore. Kurt Cobain's dead. Number one. Number, number two. One, yes. Number two. Uh, he ruined his life. For fuck's sake, you're on the biggest album cover of all time. Put me on that cover butt naked and I would fucking be the happiest man alive. I think he expected more out of it. But th it's your parents that made you get on the album cover. You weren't a baby at that age and say, hey, I'm going to be on the Nirvana album cover. Your parents signed why, off on it. But that's also why he's upset. He didn't have the choice. Okay, so how did it ruin his life? How do they know how he looks now? Who gives a shit of how he looks now? Because people looked for him on anniversaries <laughs> and now he's... Anyway, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous lawsuit that's just like... So who is he suing exactly? That's what I want to know. I understood it as the surviving members of Nirvana. Chris Novoselic and Dave Grohl. Okay, so I just looked at my phone and I, I have the picture of how he looks now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's posting pictures of him with the... The album yeah, cover in his hand, smiling. He's he is in love with the idea of him being on this album. There's a he picture likes, of him in the pool, floating now. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he still does to this day, like uh, remakes of that album cover with him today. He he's very proud of it. He just okay. doesn't think 
that the album's uh, success, he doesn't think that he fed off the album's success enough. So he wants more money. He wants more of it, yeah. He wants more glory for what he represents. Okay, so give him a nice paycheck and tell him to shut up. That's what's going to happen. But when the album <laughs> turns 50, he's going to come back around, right? Yeah, for sure. For the rest of time, this is an album cover that we're going to recognize and know the impact it had. It just It's very funny to me because that's I wrote Nirvana, a baby, now. Yeah. And it's just pictures of him with the vinyl in different eras of him growing up, smiling. There's actually one from not too long ago as well. Looks like a good-looking kid, too. Yeah, he doesn't look too busted. <laughs> but I don't know. Fuck. I don't know how he thinks. Like his 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 shit's all fucked up because of it. But look, listen. Give me a give me about five mil, and I'll shut my mouth for the rest of my life. No, there were some deaths too in the news that we thought of coming back around to talk about. But let, let's do a very quick gift of gab. Black Alicious. That's right. Biz Marquis. Yep. Uh, good luck finding his albums anywhere. Dusty Hill, uh, they're not on. They're they're not on streaming services, and they're impossible to find hard copies of. Well, yeah, I had for kept a reasonable looking. price. Yeah, I saw the one for like sixty bucks. Right, we want to split I, halfway. Yeah, because I only buy Griselda albums at a hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, that's weird though, because just his impact on on in in music and 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 the other people that passed away have a big impact as well. We'll get to them, but like Bismarck, he was like basically the beginning of just different hip-hop like funner hip-hop clowning around hip-hop stepping out of your element of he being was. the serious tough guy he was, yeah the, he was a gimmick he, he was one of the fir- the early gimmicks if you think of it well old dirty bastard like you know like old dirty bastard is a product of biz Marquis, right the beastie boys the be well they kind of were up and coming around the same time but 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 biz Marquis, Actually, you know what's crazy? I looked at you know, and you know where my tapes are in, in my room. Yeah, I have a Bismarcky tape sealed. Oh yeah, which one? It's a rare B sides and something sealed oh, okay, cool. that yeah, yeah, yeah. that Jean gave me. Oh cool. From Warner that I might try and sell for six billion dollars when it's time. But trade but, it for a Griselda sock or something. <laughs> 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 but but but. They don't make socks, <laughs> but it's it's crazy how you can't find his music. But it's even before he passed away, yeah. Because Amazon never had it. Uh, there's a bunch of places that never had it. They did reissues on vinyls and a puzzle. That's good. Uh, but yeah, who else died? Dusty Hill, bassist yeah. of uh, ZZ Top. They never had a lineup change, so no. this pretty much marks the end of ZZ Top. It's like. And they all look the same as well, so we don't right. which, we don't know which one. We don't away. know which one. I <laughs> know uh, the bass player Dusty Hill died, and of course uh, Charlie Watts, drummer of Rolling Stones. Which, I mean, when they announced that he wouldn't be joining them on the recent on their newest tour, I knew what to expect in the coming weeks or in the coming months. Mm-hmm. I just didn't expect it this soon after they announced that. So he probably was really not well, but uh, incredible and very underrated drummer. It's crazy how you say underrated. Sorry, I didn't want to mean to cut you off because that band was so huge, right? That just the way they dressed, just the way they they brought themselves forward, or people looked up to them as those big rock stars. Yeah. How do you? How can you be an underrated drummer? People l- want to be like you. So the the thing with the Rolling Stones is they're showmen, right? Yeah. Like, if you think of the Rolling Stones, it's Mick Jagger, it's Keith Richards, and now that he's kind of established, it's Ronnie Wood, the other guitar player with Keith Richards. You have to remember that he came up at the time, and and this, I think, could also be said about Ringo Starr. They came up right before rock music kind of exploded in the 70s. In the late 60s, when Zeppelin started, and you had John Bonham, like, he clobbered the drums for Zeppelin. He was... He was part of the show he was like this big presence on stage he was loud he played hard it goes on with other bands as well without getting too much into them but charlie watts he held everything in place he played what he had to play 
and he kept everyone in time. That's the the definition of drummer. You know what I mean? He was jazz influenced and he was really just the backbone to this band. He just, he, he wasn't a compliment to them. He kept everyone in sync. He wasn't flashy. He didn't show off. He didn't take up a lot of space. Without him, nobody's in sync. The Rolling Stones live game was always on point. Till today, right? Till, till, right. That's right. Till their most recent tours with him. And there are plenty of drum techniques that he kind of established. I don't want to say established, but there, there are specific techniques that a lot of drummers don't use or that, or that more recent drummers picked up off him that are signature to him, like hitting the snare drum, but not hitting the hi-hat at the same time. You get, you're packing more punch on your snare drum by not, anyway, we're getting Mm -hmm. more, we're getting more into like technical, but yes, he definitely was very underrated as a player and had incredible music knowledge on just the importance of being a drummer to this band. But the drummers, the drummers, I've always enjoyed drummers across the board when I used to listen to punk, metal, rock, all that stuff. Right. Because they they did a lot more than what people did. They were the background, but they did a lot more to the music and to the band itself. Yeah. That you, lo- you lose your drummer, you lose a whole sound in your music because that drummer basically makes your sound more I don't know, like crisp, more standing out. You have that, you know, like whether it's a drummer with a double bass pedal and stuff like that, You, it brings a lot more to your music. Look at like how Travis Barker, and and sorry, we're going to get back to him, switched Blink-182 sound versus what they had beforehand. You right, know? But, you, but you also do notice where when we say like, um, Travis Barker is a showman. Yeah. He'll steal the show, right? Mm-hmm. But when you think of somebody in Blink-182, because you brought them up, Mark Hoppus. Yeah. Nobody will turn around and say Mark Hoppus is a great bass player. Mark Hoppus is a fucking incredible bass player. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Come on. And and by no means will people ever put him up there with the greats. But he has great riffs on bass that go under the radar. He keeps the band together. He keeps the rhythm section tight. He compliments Travis Barker's playing. Those are guys in bands that when you're not as noticeable, you often are worth more than a lot of what else is mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Well, it brings back to uh, what the Rolling Stones were and how they're all showmen and he was just a background and kept everything in sync. Um, but it just, just, is there a book on him or is it Keith Richards? Keith Richards has a great book. Uh, one of the most iconic uh, bi- like biographies or he liked heroin, huh? He sure did. Uh, so finally, well, finally, fuck. Uh, after how many years of him saying that he has Donda? I think Donda was supposed to come out after Jesus. There was a there was a, a talk that his album was supposed to be called Donda, right? For a couple of years. There was, yeah. Okay. Uh, so Donda has come out after. I would say a good month, a month and a half of him doing live shows where he puts he, he makes the, the crowd listen to the album. Yeah. Right? So he, so a month ago he, he did a, a a show where the album was done, but then I guess he found things in the album that he wanted to switch up, right? Like usual, right? Yeah, and I ended up staying at the Staples Center for another two weeks to finish the album. That's right. Where? To Staples Center, no? No, in, no, no. He was in no. the football stadium in Atlanta. Okay, so whatever. I think, he stayed. Falcons play. I think that's where he was. Okay, so he was at one of those stadiums. Then he redid another live show where he found more things to switch up. Then he went to hibernate with the album more. He did the live show. Uh, like, okay, we'll cut to the chase. He did a lot of tinkering. It, it was never ending. It was annoying, right? Yeah, it was. I, I was plastic composer. I'm still right. plastic composer, but anyways. Uh, so the, the, final, the album finally comes out last Sunday that, that just passed, uh, the 28th. So the album drops. It is 27, 28 songs deep. And 
an hour and 48 minutes long. Because we all have time for that, right? Uh, I'm going to ask you. You, I messaged you, right? Before yeah. the album came out. And yeah. I told you in the message, 27 songs an hour and 48. How did you feel when I said that? What was the first reaction? I told myself he's going to trim it down. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't think uh, I didn't think this was actually the project as it was intended to be heard. Okay. I still don't. I don't really care. No. I'm listening to it as I am. But, I mean, uh, it's very much like a Pablo situation, right? It's it's It was put out prematurely, I think. Hmm. Well, Once again? Once again. Uh, so... How are we going to do this? Because I'm definitely not going through each song. We're not going through each each song, but we could we could go through like parts of the album that we thought were good and in, in, in sequence. Like I know that the first thing that I had when I put it on and heard the 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 intro, the Donda intro, I was instantly annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't get the point. I don't see what you know, this is a guy who's put out albums that we've we've fucking studied and and tried to find extra meaning to and whatever. And the opening intro is just Donda, 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 Donda. Uh, fuck you. I don't like, I don't, I don't care for this. But then the second track jail had a nice buildup. Yes. I felt like I was being reminded of like ultralight beam mm -hmm. and that he was going to make a statement on this album. Mm -hmm. And then it starts getting long. And then Jay-Z has a verse where he kind of says, this might be the return of the throne. And my whole thing with Watch the Throne was always how bad Jay-Z rapped on it. Yeah. And he's rapping as bad as he was on the throne on this verse. Yeah, he's not he's not strong on this. It's like, it's very like, oh, here you wanted this, here you go. So it kind of, the Kanye parts and the way the song is building up is promising. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, okay. An hour and 48, and at the first at the first actual song, I'm already like, this is long. My first impression was that Donda was, it was, there was no point of putting that on for a minute and 15 seconds or however long it was. It was useless. You're, you're starting off your album already on the wrong foot where you have to annoy the fuck out of me. Um, but Jail, like you said, was like super... Like, I was impressed of how it started. I was like, it kind of reminded me of how Life of Pablo Yeezus kind of, how you're going to start off your album musically. Right. Yeah. To where it just kept dragging. So I find the Yeezus stuff started more on the second, on the, well, I, I'm, I'm, I keep forgetting that the intro, on the third, fourth track, God Breathed Off the Grid. Again, they were promising buildups that led to like, very average songs in the end once you're done with them right yeah uh, well they drag the songs the the songs every song on this album drags big time big time like they're they're long for absolutely no reason yep to where he's repeatedly repeating himself and whether it's the hook whether it's the bars it's just a a constant um repetitiveness and it's become it's redundant because and cut me off steve when it's time but like his formula to each song on this album is the same as the song before like there's no basically extra. yeah basically yeah you know what i mean it's like kanye west the featuring uh kanye west the, the, the same featuring as the song before or the guy sounds exactly the same. Like, it's always like, and he, what he did was he went to get the most popular guys. Pretty much. That, the baby. Oh, no, wait, no. Little baby. Sorry, my bad. No yeah. disrespect to him. FIFO, whatever. Baby Keem, uh, who I have high hopes for. Uh, all these guys. Uh, Playboy Cardi. There's all the, but did he realize that they all sound the fucking same and that each song sounds like it's the same exact person on them? I don't think he cares at this point because when you put out an album of this many features, as we say, mm -hmm. 
uh, it's for streams, right? Yeah. He wants you to stream the songs that these people are on if you identify with these artists. Yeah. It's as simple as that. The music to the songs have a very high potential. They do. And there's a section of the album that starts with uh, Believe What I Say, Mm -hmm. uh, 24 Remote Control and Moon. I mm-hmm. think that's where you get the Kid Cudi collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good section there. Um, it's just short-lived, though, because of the following stuff that comes right after it, and this is something I want to ask you about, is the Kanye's actual rapping. How weak is this rapping yeah. on this record? But I like that he's gone back to the rapping, but I find that like he's, he's trying to follow a... like. They wanted me to rap. I'm just going to give them what I could do. Like, there's no extension to his ability to do so. There's not much effort. No. And there's nothing that stood out to me. Maybe till about... Because he could do it musically, the guy. Maybe till about song 15, Donda, which I found... It was like kind of the peak of the album. Yeah, it's around the middle part that, that it's decent, yeah. Jesus Lord's, the full song of Jesus Lord, that middle part of the album, yeah, was really kind of like Kanye being, it kind of reminded me of how we musically put My Beautiful Dark Tissus Fantasy together. Uh, I don't see it. I don't compare it at all. I just find musically he was trying to bring it to that level. That's a big comparison there. You, you you don't find like he really was like he was trying to get to that level. Like it's like I'm not talking about Kanye West, Kanye West. I'm talking about musically. That's probably that's probably the best highlight of the album. Do you have a score for it? Did you think of putting a score together for it, or were you just kind of like? It's very hard to give it a score because I don't want my score to be like the oh you're just hating score. But like there's nothing besides like look. Even the West Side Gun Conway song, the Conway bars, really, it was a very personal type of verse, but like it didn't stand out to me either. I found it very, I found it just very weak. The West Side Gun part I like because it's just West Side Gun and I just like how he attacks a, attacks a song, but like there was not, like he couldn't put the artist pro. Okay, you know what he did? Here, let me tell you this. Here's an album. Here's my instrumentals. I just need to fill featurings on it. I'm going to put people as featurings. It, it's just interesting how he went to get everyone who is relevant in all types of music. In, in all types of hip-hop, rather. Mm-hmm. He got the West Side Guns. He got the Baby. He got Lil Baby. And, and just that track with like Lil Baby and Marilyn Manson on it. Like, you're coming out here with this religious approach to shit. Like, like dial it back. Are you trying to be edgy or are you trying to forgive them? <laughs> yeah. I, like it's not your place to be doing this. No. And it's very soon as well. It's he, He's a big attention seeker. And I'll tell you this. Anybody that's a Kanye West fan cannot come out and say this is great. Or this is by any means good. But... I, I don't see good. it. I don't see it, man. I, I just, I find this album's a flop on all levels. Do you have a score for it even? Steven, it's very difficult because it. You, I got to listen to it in, like, I'll listen to the first four songs, go do something else, listen to something else and want to go back. I was in the car for, on my, to go to my parents' house and back with traffic and the album still wasn't completed. And I'm talking about tunnel traffic. And you know how long the tunnel traffic could be. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an impossible album to get through and listen to. It's not it's not good. <laughs> no, and look, I, I want to just read what Questlove from The Roots said. Did you end up reading what I sent you? I couldn't find it. I tried finding it. Man period. This is 27 songs long. I lost steam after eight. But I'm giving it a one, a once through. The target demo for this album is 14 to 26. But y'all gotta chill on this 
need to declare first. Classics can be claimed 24 hours after the product comes out. I've seen it backfire both ways. <sighs> it's not a classic. Fuck, it's not. It's this is not this is not what I want to be listening to, and this is not what I want. I don't want 27 songs of Kanye West just trying to make a classic or trying to be relevant and using all these artists. If I'm going to give it a score, I'm going to give it a solid three. I give it a four and a half. So it's like a 3.7 on 10. It makes me excited to hear Drake on Friday. I mean, you got to assume that Drake can't put out a four on 10. It's like, these guys want to go head to head with each other and you're putting out this type of product versus the biggest artist in the world. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just weak. I don't, I don't think he's trying to compete though. As much as petty as this whole thing is, I don't think he's trying to compete. Okay. I hope not. I hope not. Cause he lost already. It's uh it's very disappointing to see a guy like this really, at that magnitude be the way he is and make such irrelevant bad music now. And a lot of people are going to come out and say, oh, but it's the thing with his mom and that he, there's he nothing found about God. This, that, there's nothing about this to me that, uh, I'm sorry, I don't see it. <laughs> but, but, you, but the typical Kanye fan is going to tell you that, hey, there's a lot more to this. Just give it time or he's doing this. I don't this. give a shit, man. I spent, I spent a good part of my life being like a big Kanye fan. And you know that first. Time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want, I don't give a shit what anyone has to say about this album. This is garbage. I went back and I listened to, I listened to Ye, Kids See Ghost and Jesus is King. Cause I wanted to hear the build up into where he is now. This is garbage. This is the worst album he ever put out. This is the worst music he ever put out. Can you pick can you pick a couple of good standout tracks on this? Yeah, of course I could. I mean, I find this promising tracks, like I said, Believe What I Say, 24, Remote Control, and Moon are a really interesting sec- section of the album. Praise God is a good song. I still don't think it's that good. Uh, Off the Grid is a good track, the one with Playboy Cardi, but it drags. Um, That's Playboy Cardi? I yeah. thought that was Baby Keem. No, no, Baby Keem's on the track on uh, on Praise God with uh, with Travis Scott. Okay, that's the song I like. Praise that one's God. Good, yeah. Then okay. there's Praise Lord, where the <laughs> instrumentals are really good, but the song's nine minutes. So at some point, it's like, okay, like who gives a shit about this, right? There are definitely elements that are good on this album, but I evaluate the album in terms of like, can I sit through the whole thing? Are there parts of the album that drag? Uh, like, how can I listen to this album in one shot? That's how I evaluate it. It's not Evan, about one song or two standing out. There are standout areas. But Heaven and Hell. See, I didn't like that one at all. I I didn't like that one. We are such different human beings. I'm trying to find where why can I see a featuring on this fucking shit? Oh, it's Dub Baby and Marlon Manson on GL Yeah, exactly. Part two. He picked two guys like that were that are pretty much like being destroyed this year. And put them on the same track, like uh, to make a statement. I mean, I don't see how it's his place to be doing this. Uh, you're right. Playboy Cardi is off the grid. I like the song with uh, Jay Electronica. See, I even that I found. Which one's that again? Jesus Lord Part Two. Yeah, whatever. Look, I don't have much more to say on the album. I didn't like it. I won't go back to it. Uh, I don't really care. Thank you for making us waste our time. We're back next week. Mm-hmm. Next week's going to be a half and half episode. So we got the 20th anniversary of Blueprint, which came out on September 11, 2001. Mm-hmm. And the other half of the episode is going to be a um, Drake certified lover boy review, much like we did Donda. Hopefully we have better things to say. Yeah, I'm excited for for that to, to come out and see who the features are on it and how long the album is and how much it holds up and we'll be able to discuss that next week, especially with that album cover picture he posted of (laughs) pregnant women. Does it feel good being back? 
It feels fucking fantastic being back. I miss this. I missed you. I miss doing dips over Zoom. I wish I could be at your house, but we can't make too much noise. I missed it all. I'm excited to be back and talking music and feeling really good about myself because for the last few months, I've been a miserable, miserable human being. I think we can wrap the episode up. We said everything we had to say on the uh, on our agenda. Yep. Join us next week. We're gonna have a good episode planned for you guys, and um, more yeah, to come. We are excited. Got a lush. We're excited. We got. We put a couple of things together now in the coming weeks for you guys. Yeah. So uh, thanks for coming back. Listen to Hitler, where his firm has eight, and we'll talk to each other very soon. Thanks, guys. Peace.